We are finally back once again. Welcome back to the Miami Video Podcast. My name is Ariel Martinez. Yes, it's been a while. We just got out of an entirely crazy season. And these seasons are few and far between, but it was nonstop. We're talking like two, anywhere between two to four video shoots a day. Yes, you heard me correct. Two to four video shoots per day for months, and it was nuts. So very grateful for that season. But now we get a little bit of time to kind of sort of catch up, maybe put out some more episodes. Um, We really don't have any post-production on these shoots, which is just nice. Uh, But yeah, it was nuts. It was nonstop. There were a lot of sleepless nights on these shoots so i wanted to kind of take some time and put out um i haven't been able to sort of get more guests to kind of come on the show and and talk about these things so i figured i'd I'd go through all these shoots all these jobs and how my business is sort of transitioning and share that with you guys so these episodes are not going to be probably (laughs) 45 minutes, not even 30 minutes. It's not going to be an hour for sure. Like I just want to sort of put out little snippets and bites of how sort of my business is transitioning, uh, the new format and, and sort of what kind of work we're doing now. We're still doing absolutely everything that we were doing in the past with some added business, if you will. So um, on this episode, I, I wanted to talk about sort of more of a broadcast streaming type of uh, production that we've been doing a lot of and um, things like conferences and concerts, basically anything that involves a stage and cameras pointing to a stage. Uh, These jobs, I've been getting a lot of those as well. And although they're not the most, I guess, exciting uh, jobs to do, they're still very profitable. And more and more, I see my business kind of forming and transforming into a full production house, meaning, you know, offering anything video uh, related. So from documentary interviewing, which is what we get still get the majority of, uh, to concerts, conferences, uh, podcasting, any sort of video production service that you might need, hence the change in my business name, Miami Video Services. Um So I wanted to kind of walk through a few, I guess, questions that I would ask my clients regarding these sorts of jobs and how to sort of assess if a job is right for you or like what equipment you need and how to handle these kinds of jobs. So, for example, uh, you know, we've done major, major jobs like Triller Fest. You guys have heard me talk about Triller Fest in the past huge concert, huge concert. And basically there are several factors that you need to consider with a job like this. So you want to consider obviously equipment. What do you need? What do you have? What do you have to rent? Um, And how flexible is the client with each of these equipment? So for example, the client says, Hey man, we want some good cameras uh, pointed at these stages. Let's say we want three cameras. We want to be cutting back and forth between three cameras. Um, Sure. Not a problem. Uh, Do you think you need 4k more often than not? They don't need 4k for these kinds of jobs. Um, 
now I do have the FX9, which I've used before. I do have FX3s, which are capable, but not a preferred camera for these kinds of jobs. Sure, you can get away with it and, and kind of use it, but it's not the ideal camera to use. Ideally, you want some long lenses. You need to be able to zoom in all the way. Most times, you want to be prepared to zoom in very, very far. And I've had stages where my camera is 20 feet from the stage and I've had stages where the camera is 150 200 feet from the stage so it's been pretty far and so you want to be able to carry a, a wide range of these lengths so lens and zooming is is something that you definitely want to consider like you'll want to know how far is the camera going to be from your subject and how far in you want to be zoomed in so if you're okay, if the client is okay having a fixed camera full screen the entire time on stage, you'll have some great options for that. But if you really need to get in there and kind of get a sort of a close-up or an extreme close-up or a medium close-up, whatever it is, you'll need to make sure that you have enough zoom for that. Now, an important aspect of... Uh, of kind of capturing this is where is the signal going to go? So if you're simply recording these events internally, that's it. That's where your job is done. If they say, we just want to record it, that's it. That's easy. Now, oftentimes they're going to want to tell you, hey, we need to send this to live stream. And sometimes they'll already have a live stream person in charge of the live stream where you have to now send them the feed. Now, that kind of adds another element. Now you have to coordinate with this person. Hey, what system are you using? Do you need an HDMI or an SDI feed? SDI is preferred, but you can make HDMI work. Now, there are pros and cons with each, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, so you, you'll want to send the feed, and you'll want to make sure you have long enough cables to get it to whoever is get, taking the feed. Now, sometimes it's not even for live streaming. Sometimes I they've used my shots to put it on the Jumbotron whenever they have it uh, available. So they'll say, this is only for the Jumbotron feed. Uh, so basically, long story short, you just want to know where the feed is going. Uh, and so I was talking about SDI, HDMI earlier. Um, yeah. There, there are pros and cons with each. Um, I think whenever possible, SDI is always the best way to go. Uh, it's a very secure connection that's not coming off the camera. It, it, you lock that bad boy in there. Um, and SDI can generally go farther than HDMI. Uh, you, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, HDMI, you can only go up to like 50 feet or something like that uh, per cable. Um, SDI is, you can go far as heck. Like, <laughs> I don't think I found a cable that I, I have never not found a cable that can go the, the length that I have needed. And I've gone 300 feet. I've had to run a 300 foot cable, uh, for SDI. Um, obviously we needed to use a cup, uh, some couplers. Couplers are just basically, they connect two SDI cables together. Um, so yeah, those are, um, those are always, uh, preferred um and so you you're gonna have to run the cable make sure you have the proper appropriate cable 
and not all SDI cables are the same. Um, I generally, I, I went ahead and I purchased um, a bunch of different sizes for 12G SDI cables, meaning I can handle anything from 4K60 down. Uh, so if it's HDMI, I can handle all of it. If it's 4K60 that they want to do this in, I don't know why they would, but hey, I'm prepared for that. Um, and so with these kinds of jobs, uh, they're oftentimes pretty straightforward, pretty straightforward. Now, live streaming and uh, what's it called? Live streaming and, and the Jumbotron, you'll want to make sure that there's communication. Communication meaning headphones, intercoms, You, uh, the person that is handling the, the feed, switching back and forth, they're going to want to sort of signal you some way and communicate with you to let you know what they want you to look at. Are you live? You know, and, and making sure that they're they're coordinating with you. Now, I've been able to offer that service to my clients, I've whether I'm doing it myself or I hire somebody to do it. Um, it's always good to, to sort of learn all those positions to know how it's supposed to be done so that you can hire the right person for that job. Um, and so it, it's something that I, I've done many, many times, whether it's live streaming or a, a feed for a Jumbotron, for example. Either one is going to is going to require a switcher board. But anyways, you want to make sure that you're you're communicating uh, with whoever is receiving the feed and um, making sure that they're telling you what shots you want. So these are questions that you're going to want to ask your clients. You know, are we going to have where is the signal going? Uh, how many operators do you how many cameras do you want? And you'll need that many operators as well. Factor that factor the uh, the cables that you're going to have to run. Make sure you use gaff tape to, to tie those cables down or some sort of a cover to, to sort of not have cables running all over the place where somebody can trip and potentially pull that feed. Uh, so that, that, that would be a hazard. Oh, another important thing about these things that I guess people don't think about is the tripod that you use. Now I use regular standard tripods and just about 90% of my work, my tripods, they work perfect because they're not moving. I set my, my cameras, I set my shot, for an interview, for example, and that's it. I don't have to worry about anything else. But the problem with this, with uh, doing uh, conferences and concerts, is that generally the subject or the target that you're you're sort of following on stage, probably zoomed in, they're going to be mo moving left and right, back and forth, whatever it is. If you don't have a good tripod and a good tripod head, that shot's going to be shaky. And the more zoomed in you are, the shakier it'll be. And so that is very important to get a really good, solid, heavy-duty tripod to use for. Now, I recently um, purchased a Sirui uh, tripods, uh, tripod system. It's a huge one. It was like $1,300 a tripod. I got a couple of those. Um, and those things are solid, solid, solid. I love those things. Um, not that you can't do it with the other ones. You could. You could get. You could get away with a very standard tripod if you're very, very, very careful. Um, it, it could get done. I, I've done it for years. Uh, but yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you have a good, solid tripod. Whether you have to rent one, it might be worth renting a very good, heavy-duty tripod for these kinds of events, especially if you're going to be super zoomed in. Um, that's important. Now. Also, equally as important is the platform that you're going to be on. 
this is something that you'd want to get from your client. You want to make sure you let your clients know or ask them, are we going to have a platform? Because what you don't want to do is be on the ground floor while you're shooting on something that's happening on stage. And now you have a sort of a low angle type shot to your target. And that is generally not very appealing. It's not a pleasant shot. You're looking upward. Um, you want to be at eye level with your 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 uh, subject and or as close to it as possible. So you want to ask them if there's going to be a platform if or if not, can we rent a platform, right? And not all platforms are the same and make sure that they put it together. I've had issues with so many different platforms everywhere from they're way too shaky and unstable. Uh, we can't get a good shot. So they had to kind of secure it better. They had to attach two platforms together uh, to, to make sure that it has more stability. They had a platform where the middle was the, I guess the, the middle of these two platforms that were put together started to cave in. That was an issue. Um, ideally, you want to either a solid platform or have two platforms, one for the camera and the tripod and one for you to stand on. So that way you're not shaking the camera. And I'm telling you, these these platforms, granted, I'm, I'm a very heavy person. I weigh 250 pounds. A mere shift in weight for me would kind of shake the camera a little bit, if, especially if you don't have a heavy-duty tripod. All that vibration, all that movement transfers over to the image, and you don't want that. So these are a bunch of things that you definitely want to consider. And obviously, not all camera operators are the same. Um, there are some camera operators that are just not good. I personally, I'll admit, I'm not the best at following a subject around on stage and 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 sort of because I just don't do that too often. Um, normally, I'm hiring people to do that. And yeah, look, it's good practice. I can practice that all day and, and I can get really, really good at it. Um, it's just not something that I kind of aspire to do. Uh, however, I'm, you know, it's work is work and I'm not going to sort of give that away. So either I get better or I hire people that are better than me. Um, and there are a lot of people better than me at that. So yeah, that, that kind of camera operating is definitely like something that you want someone skilled to do because that will be the difference between a horrible, uh, conference, uh, recording or a really, really good one. Um, so you want to make sure that you have that position covered well. So with all that out of the way, these are the kind of the factors. And I'm sure that there are more um, things that, you know, you can offer. Sometimes I, I use my Sumo 19 and I offer my clients a live video switching. They take advantage of that a lot. They love that feature where I can give them already a cut up program feed uh, that's already cut between cameras. In addition, I can give them all the individual ISO, ISO cameras uh, recording. So that's... Um, something I like to offer them. Now, in terms of profitability on these kinds of jobs, it could get quite profitable, especially if you own the equipment that you're using. Um, so I've gone ahead and invested in uh, a bunch more equipment to be able to tack on those rental fees uh, to my jobs. And basically all I'm doing is just hiring the operators to, to sort of uh, operate the cameras and, and the equipment that I've been purchasing. So going down the list, the cameras that I've decided to use are the Canon's XF605. Um, 
those are really, really good cameras. They have a nice one inch sensor, uh, 422 10-bit. You guys know how much I love 422 10-bit. Uh, it has Canon log, but we're almost never shooting in Canon log with those broadcast cameras. Uh, it, they're, they're best for on-stage stuff, you know? I cannot expect those cameras that cost 4500 bucks a pop to be as good as the FX9. The FX9, significantly better image quality in terms of sharpness um, and dynamic range, but they're very, very different use cases. So the reason I got these Canon XF605s is because I got tired of searching around. I don't own long lenses, um, and kind of my my arsenal of cameras include the Canon FX9, I'm sorry, <laughs> the Sony FX9, uh, two Sony FX3s, and the Sony A7 IV. Only one of those, the FX9, are capable of shooting a really, really good conference, but I only have one of those, and then I only have 170 to 200. Sometimes 70 to 200 is not nearly enough for what I need. So what I decided to do, and also it was very pricey to rent that out as opposed to a regular camcorder for the client. So my what I decided to do is I went and got camcorders, which are the Canon XF605s, because they have already a built-in lens. They have a really great image quality, really good Canon colors. Um, they're meant for that. They are built for jobs like that. Um, you have HDMI out, SDI out, 4K, whatever's needed. Basically, I'm covered on everything in addition to the really, really good autofocus. Um, so I got three of those cameras so that, you know, every time I'm going out, I'm, I'm tacking on a rental fee on each one of those. So it's really to make me money. Um, and then additionally, I got the Siri. I, don't, I still don't know how to pronounce that, but the Siri uh, tripods that I had mentioned earlier, that has a rental fee. The long SDI cables that I have, that has a rental fee. Uh, Sumo 19, that has a rental fee. Basically, everything I come out with has a rental fee. Um, and and then additionally, I am uh, hiring my operators, whoever is uh, available. And one thing that I've been starting to do is actually I, I sort of invest in in my guys. I love to shoot with the guys that I shoot with. Um, they're awesome to work with. So knowing that they're very, very smart people, they know video production and they're willing to learn. I go and I teach them. I show them how to operate those cameras, how to do the video switching, how to do all that stuff. In a late, in another video, in another episode, I'm going to go ahead and talk to you guys about live streaming, which is a completely different monster. Um, but yeah, essentially, these are the jobs now that I've, I've been getting a lot of. And you know what? It's a production house. You know, we want to be able to offer all kinds of video services. Uh, name of the company is Miami Video Services. And we want to be able to provide all kinds of services at the best quality possible. Now, there are setups that are you know, could could be $150,000 per camera, per camera uh, in terms of how much that costs, not for rental, but just imagine how much that would have to rent for. We're not at that level yet. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hopefully that that would be the dream to be able to have a team and arsenal and a fleet of camera operators, of cameras and and whatnot, and just be able to send them out to jobs. And so these are things that you definitely want to consider when kind of uh, 
looking at cameras, uh, I'm sorry, looking at jobs like this and how to price them out. Um, generally, you want to charge anywhere between five and 10%, closer to the 5% range as a rental fee for each equipment that you own. So whatever the price of that equipment, you charge 5% of that roughly. It, generally, you could decide what number is comfortable for you, but that's normally the industry standard uh, pricing model for equipment rentals. So uh, that's kind of what we've been doing a lot of lately. So imagine that tacked on to interviews and B-rolls and all the other jobs that we get. So we've been very, very busy with jobs like that. And it's, to be honest, it's been fun. I've, my role has generally been more of a managerial uh, uh, role than a sort of a shooter creative type of role. Uh, but in that, it really, really helps to know each and every responsibility that is needed on set because then I can delegate work better. I can delegate responsibilities better. I can see and uh, assess who is best suited for which position. So that's very, very important. Um, again, I'm super glad and happy to be back on the on the podcast here and uh i hope to be able to continue to do these and we have a ton of episodes in the in the in our log that we need to sort of get out we really want to put out this information and i think it's really really beneficial um so if you guys have any questions you could sort of reach out to me also uh at ariel martinez dot jr now <laughs> at the sort of change the name of my Instagram. That's on Instagram, by the way. Uh, if you want to continue to follow the podcast, it's at Miami Video Services on Instagram um, and then uh, MiamiVideoServices.com. So thank you guys for tuning in on this episode and I will see you on the next one.